0: Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk Podcast. I'm Tanya.
1: And I'm Carrie. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 139. Today, we are talking about going back to school and sharing our thoughts about tried and true activities versus mixing it up with fresh ideas. We'll also talk about our highs and lows from the summer, discuss some ideas in our Know Better, Do Better segment, share a work smarter, not harder teacher tip, and in our
0: CODA section, we'll give you some specific recommendations of our favorite things we are enjoying in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started.
1: now it's time to share some highs and lows and we typically do highs and lows from our teaching week but we haven't started with students yet so we're going to do highs and lows from the summer or highs and or lows from the summer or both or choose whatever (laughs) how was your summer tanya Uh,
0: jam-packed with all the highs all the lows yeah Uh uh-huh um let's see right away summer went on a, a viking cruise up the rhine river that carrie uh had recommended And that was a lovely time. Me and my husband celebrated our 20th anniversary. Um, That was great. Then um, came back and did some prep for Level 1 at Colorado State University. I'm very uh, honored to be a member of the faculty there. And I teach Level 1 pedagogy and materials. It's a great program. And I had some wonderful students. Kaylee, Sarah, Grace, Kate, Amber, Nicole, Kyla, Holly, Maggie, Melody, Avrielle, uh, Katie, Rob, and especially Elena. (laughs) We're wonderful students. Um, Elena, thank you for listening and being a super fan. Uh, So, yeah, so I got to teach at CSU. And then uh, almost immediately after that, three days after that, me and my husband and our two kids, we moved from Denver, and we went to Broomfield, Colorado, and, uh, and that's a lot. Moving is a lot. We haven't moved for 24 years. I think the last time I moved, I was definitely single with no children. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway.
1: Yeah, moving is hard.
0: Um, yeah, moving is hard. We are still moving bits and pieces. Um, my family right now is at the Denver house still packing up some things, some bits and bobs. And we got to do a lot of things. We gotta set up um things. You know. We built fat patio furniture. That yeah. took two days. Who knew? <laughs> patio furniture takes a long time to set up. Um cuz we have a patio now. So that's Yay! cool. Yeah, we have all these suburban things that we're not used to <laughs> and some non-suburban things that we're not used to or some uh, I I miss my neighborhood already. I miss walking down the street, going to the coffee shop. Um I you really have a like cool that. I really like my neighborhood. My husband and I, we might move back to Denver someday.
1: But you're renting your house because right we're
0: because we're going to be renting our house.
1: Very smart. Uh huh.
0: After all of the, we're doing some renovations. Thank you to um, Carrie and Jeremy.
1: Yeah, Carrie and I Jeremy got are to doing help all... her design her kitchen in her rental home, and my husband is like their contractor. So yay, that's fun. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm living out my inner Joanna Gaines. Yes, but no barn doors, no barn doors, and no
0: shiplap, but lots of millennial gray.
1: Yeah, even though it's not my favorite, you picked out the gray. Let's be clear, you
0: drove me towards the gray.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Well, it's, it's good for renters. I
0: do like the light color. Yeah, I just hope <laughs> nobody mucks it up
1: it's very pretty we'll put pictures up I think
0: it'll
1: be pretty in my brain it's pretty
0: yeah no it's gonna be awesome I'm very very lucky that you know we're able to keep this house it's nearly paid off and so that is the whole thing
1: yeah when you live somewhere for a very long time and you've seen the market in your neighborhood skyrocket
0: real estate in Denver is insane it
1: is insane so But your husband bought this home a long time ago. Right, bought very smart. Yes. So
0: back yeah. when it was yes affordable, m- <laughs> much more affordable. Yeah, and known as a not desirable location. Right. And now yeah.
1: it's a super desirable. And now location. it's a
0: super desirable location. <laughs> yep. So anyway, all of that. I still have to set up the things. Um, yeah, security systems, all that stuff. Yeah. So please don't come by the Denver house, and <laughs> there's nothing to steal jokes on you if you come by the denver house yeah it's and, and pretty much empty now right yeah
1: cool good job
0: yeah all
1: right <laughs> and you carrie uh yeah so we had a vacation right away at the beginning of summer my family we went to disneyland and universal studios california this was my children's birthday presents in 2020 and you know life Global pandemics and things got in the way. You didn't want
0: to go to Disneyland with masks on and do all <sighs> no, of that. No, I did not.
1: No. And, you know, no, it just took a while before financially we were able to swing it again. But, anyways, we went, and I'm not really a big Disney person, but it was a lot more fun than I thought it would be. um Did you buy the ears? I, <laughs> I'm such a cheap Disney person. I pre ordered ears on Amazon for my daughter. That came in the mail. They were like three for ten dollars. They're not the super cute, you know, adorable Disneyland ears, but they got her through the time without wanting to buy more. Because why would I spend thirty dollars for one pair of ears when I can buy? Because you're there and it's exciting. I know. I did buy myself a sweatshirt. Oh man, you're one Um, of those Disney. But it's not obviously Disney. It's it's like. Sure. It's sneaky Disney. Sure. You know, here's what I'll say. I like the retroness of Disneyland because I've never been to Disneyland. I've only been to Disney World. Okay. I like Disneyland better for a variety of reasons. Um, also, I think our experience was so good because the first week of June, hot tip is a good time to go to
0: disneyland yes disney Um, world as well because that's when we went to disney world years ago
1: yeah because not everyone's out of school yet california people are even and the weather's not horrible and the weather in june in california is june gloom so it's overcast and kind of cool and yeah we had a great time and i think a lot of that's because we weren't hot and it wasn't crowded so anyways did we spend a lot of money yeah do I need to go back every year? Uh, no, <laughs> but it was a great experience for that one time, and my kids were old enough to stay up late and ride all the rides, and we really got into Star Wars area way more than I thought we would. You know, just, it's surprising how much you get sucked into the magic when you're there. I know. It I really I agree, is. and
0: I am super duper, I'm so sorry, because I know I don't want to alienate anybody, because I know a lot of... Disney adults, especially teachers, especially oh, yeah. music teachers, but looking
1: at you, Amy Abbott.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's, it's and you know it's not my cup of tea, um, yeah. but I've been there, and when I was there, I was like, you oh, know,
1: I was in into yeah.
0: all the lovely Disney everything. Oh, and... I
1: know it was very sweet. Yes. So we had a blast; we really did. Um, okay, and then lots of time at the pool all summer because that's where we live when we're not at home. And then I got to go to Seattle for two weeks, and I taught level three Kodai pedagogy and methodology at the Seattle Kodai levels, and it was just so lovely to be with all those people. Mm-hmm. Um, just being in a different program is fun because you know everyone does things differently, and the staff there welcomed me with open arms and fantastic staff. So yeah. Yes, um, yes. So thank you to all those folks, and getting to be in Seattle in the summer was beautiful. I got to do some sightseeing, you know, hit the major sites, which was great, and the weather was gorgeous, and my group of level three students were small but mighty, but they were awesome. So shout out to my students, Elizabeth, Cassie, Jean, and Kira, kind of sort of was in our class. She knows what that means if she's listening. Anyways, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. We had a really good time. and I was very appreciative of that experience. So thank you, Seattle people. And then um, yeah, we've just been hanging out at home a lot since then. We got to go to Rocky Grass, which is a bluegrass Festival here in Colorado. Set in beautiful Lyons, Colorado, and the St. Vrain River runs through, and you can go tubing in the river, or you can sit in the river in your camp chairs with your feet in the river. And can you sit to the music. in the river
0: and play a banjo at the same time?
1: I think I saw that happening many times that's
0: like such a postcard
1: yes it's yes people sit in the river listen to the music play music there's jams at night by the campfire you know and actually no let me say that again there's no campfires because it's like a music festival and there is no such thing there's jams by the virtual campfire I guess everyone just sits around at night you can't have fires you can't at have the fires? Campground Why not? because they're not designated campgrounds so they don't want open flames but they have the big big festival there they have a festival but it's like you're camping in like a field and everyone's packed in super tight. There's no campfires. It's fine. It's fine there's no campfires. You don't miss it because there's all this other beautiful so music So it's like Woodstock. Well, I mean, you yeah. Know. yeah. 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 Like Big Field. It's, yeah. yeah, you're in a field, but they're all packed in together, and everyone's jamming, and we didn't bring instruments, and we regretted it. Next time we go, we'll bring instruments. But it was super fun, and now that's it. It's back to school time. So I'm a little sad this one's over because I really had a great summer. Any regrets of mine was like, not enough reading, and yeah. I always say there's all these projects I want to do around my house, but I never do. you know, but that's okay because it was a summer well spent. I
0: think. yes, i I was productive. I would like to have more fun
1: well yeah, in well, the coming year it's a whole wrench in and every
0: day so. I wake up and I go, fun today, well, after you. <laughs>
1: Call, unpack some boxes, unpack
0: some boxes, and and call the uh, you know waste management company and da, 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 all that stuff.
1: Next summer you'll have a lot of fun. So
0: much fun, <laughs> nice. yes. And now it's time for our main theme. Starting the school year, are we sticking with tried and true? Are we shaking things up? But First... you wanted to announce a few things
1: yeah i want to plug myself if i may um so i have a couple of presentations coming up soon so first of all for you folks which is utah fellowship of local kodai specialists i'm going to be out doing a workshop very soon august 19th um from nine to three that day um keep them singing keep them playing is the name of the workshop and it's really just chock full of singing games especially great to start the year off before for all year and then just activities to go with it to reinforce musical literacy and composition and creativity and playfulness and, and
0: awesome things for the beginning of the school year yeah. or any time in the school year just
1: a fun play 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 type of workshop um, so I hope to see you there if you are in the Salt Lake our American Fork area. And then just a couple short weeks later, on September 9th, I will be presenting for SNAKE, the Sierra Nevada Association of Kodai Educators. Um, same workshop. I'm going to be presenting there, but a shortened version of it, just from 9 to noon, just a morning workshop. Um, and that will be in Sparks, Nevada, it looks like it's the town that we're going to be in. So um, if you are in that area, in the you know, Sierra Nevada area, Reno area, love to see you at either one of those presentations if it's close by to you. So that's that.
0: Yay. Cool. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, so yeah, we recognize that it's back to school time. Well,
0: we better because it's
1: happening. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's happening for many people. And of course, this is always so weird because everyone starts at totally different times throughout the country. So
0: a lot of people, you
1: have already started and kudos to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we recognize also that we have talked about back to school in many different ways over the years. Yes. Um, so I put this on our Facebook and our Instagram page, but I just wanted to verbalize it as well. And I'll put the links to all of these episodes in the show notes, but these are all past episodes that have to do with beginning of the school in some way. Go. So I'm just going to rattle them off. Number 117, setting up the music room where we actually talk about our physical space. Number 118, setting students up for success, where we talk about like routines, procedures, expectations, all that stuff. Uh, way back, episode 45, back to school planning for the year. Number 46, back up uh, planning for the first weeks of the school. So, 45, I think, is like long term planning, and yeah. 46 is more nitty gritty. What do we do in those first weeks? 47, building relationships, especially for the beginning of the year. Then back to 21, back to school planning in all ways. 22, songs, games, and activities for the first days of school. 23, back to school procedures. And then way back, I included this one because it's one of our most listened to episodes, is number four, Classroom Management. It's always on our list. People
0: want to know about Classroom Management. Now, I will
1: also say that that was, what, five (laughs) years ago? Almost six. Yeah. So I'm sure there are things in all of those episodes we talk about that we've changed up over the years, whether it's our procedures or it's our mindset about things being more culturally responsive. We might even mention specific literature that we no longer do. But um, we have not gone back and really, like, we're not going to edit out old podcasts because we're all about, like, doing research and moving forward. And being transparent
0: that we're always learning. We're
1: learning. So, um, and also you'll notice there was kind of a big gap in the numbers. I didn't necessarily include the back-to-school episodes that were specifically during, like, school year 2020, um or even 2021 that was
0: its own we were telling a whole, yes. but if
1: for some reason you are still living with any sort of reality pandemic related reality that's still lingering in your area maybe that would be helpful we did have some specific covid minded back to school episodes as well like how yeah. are we going to teach during this time of masks and social distancing but i left him out for that list so yeah so for this year we were just literally like stumped a little bit about what to talk about because we've done so many back-to-school Well, there's
0: always things to talk about. Right,
1: but that led to today's topic because I was saying, off mic, and I'll say it right now, I do basically the same thing from year to year. My first day of school lessons and even maybe my second and third day of school lessons are pretty similar from year to year, and I rarely change it up.
0: Yes, and I said, me too, but sometimes I'm sick of the same
1: Right. Old and so I think, yeah, there's there's benefits to both. And yep. we're going to talk about that today and give some examples of some actual things that we do. And some of these things you've heard before, because that's the whole point. And some of these things might be new. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So where do you want to jump in first? Do you want to go grade by grade or do you want to talk about? Well,
0: we could chunk it with primary and then intermediate. Okay, let's do it. Okay. So um, kind of back to what you, you had mentioned that our classroom management... Uh, is one of our most listened to episodes because I think that people, um, well, anyway, I like to begin with first and foremost, a good lesson plan will cut down a lot of classroom management issues, right? Having procedures and routines in place and teaching them from day one will be very helpful In guiding not just you the teacher but definitely your students and setting up the mindset of we're in the music room here is what we do here is how we do it here is how uh, here are some spoken norms and here are norms that the teacher is not talking about but we've figured out that we can actually do X Y and Z and Be okay. And I I know I'm talking about discipline things right now and the negative, framing it negatively right this minute. Um, But anyway, so a fantastic lesson plan. It's not all you need, but it's a huge, big start of what you need. And uh, both in primary and and intermediate, and I know we've said this before, my goal is to make it joyful music making, make joyful music making happening. In the room, like, almost as soon as they walk through the door Mm -hmm. um, and weave in, like, oh, you notice we're in a circle, second graders, and we know that in a circle we blah, blah, blah. But I don't have everybody file in, sit down, and talk at them.
1: Exactly. And I
0: think that that is a misnomer that a lot of, especially younger teachers, and maybe, maybe not, I mean, just because... I think that might be our memories of school is like, oh, you got to get in the door, and then the teacher has to say, here is what is expected, here is what is tolerated, here is what is not tolerated, blah, right. blah, blah. And let's not waste any time, students, by, you know, being off task. Meanwhile, the teacher is wasting a lot of time. Yeah. Um, and talking kids are at them. tuning out. And kids and are and, tuning yeah. out. So, my number one thing. Is I want them to want to be in the room. Yeah. And I want them to love music and I want them to love making music, moving to music, singing, playing, dancing, all of those things.
1: Yeah. So we're
0: going to start that right away because even when you're not speaking, you're modeling. Exactly. Those expectations.
1: Yeah. Something that I always suggest to, you know, newer teachers or teachers who are embracing in this new way of thinking is, like, to actually create a checklist. I even have a sample. I'll link to it in the show notes because I know I've talked about this before. Uh, A checklist of all of the routines and procedures I want to make sure my kids know well. Oh, yes. And... Then I check them off as I plan them, but I don't put them all in Lesson 1, because like you said, if that's all I'm doing is just teaching routines and procedures, all of these routines and procedures, even if I am doing it through active music making, there's still so many that I feel like that's too much for one lesson. So I kind of target, like, what are the things I really want them to to know on day one? You know, how to get to their assigned seats and how to make a circle and, you know, some of those things. What are the things that I can wait and talk about on day two or day three? Well, maybe how to get out pencils and boards or markers to do a dictation activity. Like, we won't do that on day one, but we'll do it maybe on lesson three. Yes. So then I know that's my time to introduce I have a list, too.
0: Can can we just kind of, like... Go through some of those things right now. You don't have to pull up your list or anything. Okay, no, because I probably know it
1: memorized. Yeah.
0: I would say, and this goes with all grade levels, right? Yep. Um, Walking in the room. Yep. Uh, Well, let's let's even start earlier than that. The classroom teachers at my school are fantastic about this, so it's not an issue. But lining up at the door or coming down the hallway to the music classroom.
1: Where do you want them to line up? Yes, where are they
0: lining up before Mm -hmm. they come in the room? All right, walking in the door. Making a circle.
1: Yeah.
0: And even for older grades, they need these reminders. Um, Choosing partners.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Using materials. Going to instruments, barred instruments. That's a different procedure than like passing out egg shakers. Right. Right. Um, What to do when you want to speak, when you have a question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are we raising a hand? Are we saying that we're raising a hand, but we're just blurting out? All of that. Um, How to ask us for
1: using the restroom. And oh, yes. Like the procedure is to go. Um, tissues, band-aids. Is do that they have ask to ask to get a tissue? Do they have to
0: ask? Have to a band-aid?
1: Yeah. Turn and talk partners. Do you have an assigned turn and talk partner for mm-hmm. any time you do a, a partnering, you know, quick chatting, partnering activity? Right. Um, a
0: signal to come back to a large group. So we've been in small groups or partners, and now how do you get everyone back on track?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call in response times.
0: things that mm-hmm. you might use to get everyone's attention again, mm-hmm. um, because you know these days, if you want an active uh, classroom of kids who are engaged, there's going to be some sounds, and there's going to be a lot of sounds, and it might be a little bit of organized chaos, but you want to give them that opportunity but also be able to rein it in when you're whole group again. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean that's pretty much my list. I mean there might be other things that obviously personal preference and things that you want to make sure. But then deciding what are the songs, games, activities, things I'm going to do to practice those procedures. Exactly. I mean, other than things like how to get a tissue and how to ask to go to the bathroom. But if your procedure that you know you want to touch that day is, how do I get to a circle, then plan an activity that's done in a circle. Don't just have them go make a circle and say, great, you did that, now let's go sit down. That's not very joyful.
0: No, it's not joyful, and it's totally out of context. Yeah. Keep everything in context.
1: So what are some of your tried and true circle, like first circle experiences?
0: Um. Primary care. I just did this yesterday with the music teachers in our district. But yeah. I love Here Comes a Blue Bluebird mm-hmm. because everyone's in a circle and then I'm the first person who is weaving in and out of the windows. Mm-hmm. I don't have kids take hands right away. I just have them standing in a circle. And then when we get to find a little partner, hop in the garden, it's just me and one partner hopping in the garden. And then there's two bluebirds going in and out of the circle. And so this this is called snowballing, Mm -hmm. where you teach it to one kid, and then you and that first kid teach it to two more kids and blah, blah, blah. And so that's a favorite one. I also like um, circle around the zero Mm -hmm. is a good one for, you know, second grade, third grade. You could go lower with that, Mm -hmm. but I kind of save it for second and third grade. Um, For older kids... Uh, And this always comes up, but uh, jump in, jump out, which I'm actually going to retire this year. No, I don't mean retire from teaching. I mean, that (laughs) song or that chant is one that I get it. It's awesome. I've had great times with it, but it's kind of like hearing Imagine Dragons on the radio. I don't hate it, but I'm a little over it for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure I'll come back to it.
1: That's one that you're going to shake it up and do something different. Exactly.
0: That That's sunsetting.
1: Sunsetting one yes. and bringing in another one.
0: We're sunsetting jump in, jump out.
1: What about that. you? Um, some go yeah, So, I mean, similar to Here Comes a Bluebird, I love to do the little bird, little bird, fly oh, through yeah. my
0: window. Love some mixed meter.
1: Um, yeah, exactly. It's a little fun and funky for the younger kids, so I do that a lot. Um, I also, in a musical goal for all grades, really want to do things that are emphasizing steady beat oh yes so um i do apple tree but with like a steady beat past the apple type of game nice um so then when they get out oh you know i love my apple shakers i finally got enough apple shakers at my new school but then when they get out they're shaking an apple shaker with the steady beat and that's a really lovely so now we're also practicing the routine of getting out an instrument and it's a simple instrument and and apple
0: tree is so wonderful for the very beginning of the year yeah because we're going to dough and like you said, it's steady beat mm-hmm. and it's a great reinforcing reading some simple rhythms and you have so many there's so many games you can do with Apple Tree. Yeah. And then you can throw them on instruments. The children I mean. Put the instruments. Put <laughs> the, children the children on the instruments. Yeah. Playing a very simple board. And then that's the
1: song you could bring back all throughout the year for different yeah. rhythmic and melodic content. And then as if well. you
0: want to tie it into fall themes, oh. you could just have a whole Apple
1: yeah, lesson party. It's li- it gets a little crazy with the okay. Entry.
0: Sorry, I, I. No, you're fine. Diverted.
1: I want to also mention for older kids. I love games where they're passing the beat. In oh, a yes. Clapping type oh, of way. Yeah. So I love a quack, 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 quack. For fourth grade. And then fifth grade, I like to do Friday, Oka, quack, 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 quack escotico, tickety, Oh, yes. Because tickety or ticketeen is technically a fifth grade standard in our district, depending on what it gets taught. But that's technically where it lies. So then right. it comes back to Along the same too.
0: lines, I love opo totten, hey, hey, I am boom, 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 boom meeny, Right? Yep,
1: yep. All of those types of games. All of those. And those are are just super fun games. Older kids just absolutely love those types of games. Oh,
0: Tidio is another one that oh, I'm yeah. a big fan of. Um, in fourth grade at the very beginning of the year. Yeah. Because we are re- reviewing 416th Notes, Ticka Ticka, or Teary Teary, or whatever... Language you'd like to use?
1: Yeah, so, and that's a double circle game too. It so that, It's that layer of complexity. Um, the other one I'll, I'll mention is I typically start off third grade with "Great Big House in New Orleans." Oh yes, um, because I love that whole one and two. Uh, what one student, two student? Um, you have we, them weave the basket. One basket two weave. weaving the basket. That's such a hard thing to explain over a podcast or even on paper. So maybe I'll try to find a really good video. I have a video of oh, okay. my own students doing it. Uh, but uh, can you share it? I, I know.
0: can. I I, um, you oh, I think I can.
1: Well, I mean, I'll find something. But anyways, that's just a really great, I mean, yeah, third or fourth grade is a really great I, one. I did that with
0: my second graders at the end of the year in early, early prep Yeah. for um, this coming as they are third graders. Yeah. Because we did not get to
1: Ray. So. Well, and that's the other thing. Yeah, my third graders, we did not get to Ray in second grade as yeah. well. So, so yeah, maybe let's talk about that a little bit too. You know, I mean, this is just great back-to-school things, but we're always looking for those double-duty songs, songs that are not only going to help us teach those routines, procedures, and joyful music making, but also, like, what are kind of those first, like, conceptual things you're already, like, planning seeds for in each right. grade level? Yes. You know, you want them to hear a lot of songs and experience a lot of songs that's going to you into their first like learning experience. So, if you are in a position like Tanya and I, where it's your second or more year in the same school, you know where the kids are at, yeah, because you know them. And mm. so, Tanya and I both know, oh, I'm gonna make sure I have a lot of songs that feature Ray in a prominent way exactly in third grade because that's where we're at. Yep. If you're at a new school, you have no idea, you want to plan some activities in those first few lessons where you're kind of whole group assessing the kids. Like do a flashcard activity with flashcards you think they should know in that grade and if they look at you like I've never seen these things before then you know you gotta back up the train yep and figure out what they know and don't yep. know.
0: And this year I am being very intentional about starting off second grade and third grade with um with melodic concepts. So yeah, like we just mentioned for third grade, I'm gonna be doing a lot of ray, a lot of like um Along with some review of rhythms. Mm -hmm. But I have four days with my first group. So we're going to be doing a lot of Ray and review of rhythms. And then the second time I see them for a week, uh, which will be, again, four days just because of how the calendar is. I will hopefully present Ray. And when I say hopefully, I mean that that's the plan. But if they're not ready, then that's not happening. Yeah. Um, and then in first grade, we're gonna be so me line mm-hmm. um, review because we did law, but you never know if it really took right because I felt like it was just as usual okay, here's law, and here we go, and we're practicing, and bye, (laughs) see you later. Um, So, yeah, and I think that I just want to get really focused on melodic right away, especially with those grades. I love what Emma, who was someone in our district who was wonderful, did a wonderful presentation on long-range planning Mm -hmm. in our district yesterday. I love how she talked about, like, 70% of her lesson focused on, you know, Melody maybe, and then thirty percent on rhythm, right? Depending on what she's prepping, and I thought that was a really good way to to frame it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I we know always, we're getting in the weeds, and no, it's not that's the first good. Of school. Yeah, especially if you just came out of Kodai levels and you're thinking this way. Like we always talk about having a rhythmic focus and a melodic focus, but mm-hmm. they're not necessarily equal. Oh no, there's. I mean, I can't ever think of a time where they are for me. Um, yeah, so I'm spending the bulk of my time on one and less time on the other, depending on where in that trajectory of the PPP, the prepare, present, practice. I'm in, but
0: let's talk about more older, be, not beginner, but older kid, beginning of the year uh, songs and activities that you like to hit that are big, um, th- that that draw them in and get them excited about music making. I um, like to do little yeah. little Sally Walker. Oh as yeah, an that's example. A one. Not little Sally Water, but little Sally Walker walking down the street.
1: Didn't know what you'd do. Uh,
0: so she stopped in front of me. Right. That's yeah, a good one.
1: That is a good one. Um, I really love, um, Ali, i have to be careful when you introduce Big Fat Biscuit because once you introduce it, they ask for it all the time. The big fat biscuit, chew, because it's just a jumping competition. Yeah. But it really encourages them to sing in my world because, you know, the rule if they're not singing, we're not going to play the game. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just a given for all things that we do. Um, and then, yeah. So would
0: you do that right away in
1: school year? I mean, I, I usually get to it, I mean, depending on conceptually where it lands. It's definitely not one of my first day games. I'm not going to say it's a first day game, but it's an early on game. And this year, especially, I'm already thinking it's going to be an early on game for. My fourth graders. Um, so last year was the first year I ever did recorder in third grade. Oh, um, yeah. I have always just taught recorder as its own isolated thing in fourth grade because I've always worked in schools with a high mobility rate and it just wasn't worth it for me to start something in one grade and continue it into another. So I would just always do recorder in one grade. Well, this year I decided, last year I thought, And this is the model in our district to do some recorder at the end of third grade. And then obviously review a lot and then keep going in fourth grade. So that's what I did. So in my mind, I'm thinking Big Fat Biscuit is just such a great song. If I'm going to do, I'm thinking fourth graders, I'm going to have them do recorder pretty early. But also I'm going to go with more of the model that they bring their recorder, like... Every day, yeah, and then we do like little sprinklings of recorder for a longer period of time, rather than just one like mega unit on recorder, and then we're done. Yeah. So my thought is, big fat biscuit is so great for that because they can just play the do re mi patterns. Yes. Do do re mi, choo and then we can add that low la, and even there's a low so in there too. Mm -hmm. So that's just an example of a song in a game that's really fun and engaging. But I do plan on using it early in the year for curricular reasons too. Yeah. Exactly. Um. What are some other favorites? Um, oh my gosh, why am I drawing a blank all of a sudden? Oh, uh, I love to do Omoji Osuki Masho yes. with my older kids. Great it's a Japanese beat versus chant, rhythm. Exactly, and it's a partner activity. And I also love to say, especially if you're working with a newer population, new to you population, if you're new to a school or whatever, doing a good healthy amount of chance for older kids is good too because yes. sometimes you just have those hesitant singers and while we don't want to say we're not going to sing at all no. it's really nice to give them those opportunities to pull them in through chance so Omachio is And it gets one them in favorites. the groove
0: of here we are in the music room and this is what we do and it's okay because it's a chance um, I've done boom snap clap at the very beginning of the year for that very reason. Yeah. Because here we are, we're really focused on keeping a steady beat. Um, I usually do like a garage band uh, track behind it while we're, we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good one. Also, pass the beat around the room, oh, Yeah, <laughs> which is like, I have mixed feelings about that one. It's such a big hit, but um,
1: it, yeah, they, it, yeah, it's fine. It's good. Can you explain that real quick in case people aren't familiar with it?
0: Yeah, there's lots of videos out there. But basically, um, kids are in a circle, and I put on a backing track. Well, I might not I might not put on – I probably don't put on the backing track right away. But the idea is that we are collectively keeping this beat by going around the circle, and every student has to say one syllable of that sentence. And so the first kid is pass, next kid is the – so on and so forth. Pass the beat around uh, the room, and the last kid has a rest. Yeah, and has to show the rest.
1: In some we way. have
0: to feel the rest in some way, right? Um, and then as you get going, it becomes a competition where we see if someone will, if someone comes in late, which is usually what happens when they're out. Um, or forgets to come in or doesn't do the rest and they have to sit down and it's just an elimination thing. So you just have, you know, a few kids left. I usually stop at four. Very rarely have I been like, let's go until we have one kid. Um, the thing that I, well, it's, it's very engaging. Kids love it. Older kids love competition. Sometimes I don't love competition. Right. Especially at the beginning of the year, because it sets up a dynamic of hierarchy in the room. Yeah. Which I think is it's just too soon to yeah. do that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. You want to build the community. You want to build
0: community and not have like clear, oh, winners and losers. Not yeah. that, that we are calling these people who like don't come in on the beat a loser. Right. But it's just uh, whenever you do something that is like really high stakes. Right. Um, I mean, there's no high stakes. Nobody
1: no, but I hear is, what you're it's not saying. Punitive, anything but you know where what I'm people saying. get out in any sense of the way can be isolating. To yeah, some kids.
0: especially when you have a large group of kids who are out and sitting and watching the other kids. Yeah, that always makes me a little uncomfortable, especially at the beginning of the year. Right. When it can be, I mean, an, an alternative to that was that is that you take the kids who are out and put them on instruments exactly. to keep the steady beat. Then you run into the problem of kids getting out on purpose to play an instrument, play. which I used to get all wrapped up in knots about. And these days, my fine. feeling is <laughs> that's fine. If they really are digging, you know, they're like, oh, man, I have to play that bass xylophone. And they, like, finagle their way to get out, then whatever. Yeah. I don't care. As long as it doesn't become a um, widespread everybody's doing it thing. Right. I kind of just let that happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, along those lines, that reminds me of another favorite that I say for fifth grade specifically is like the cup game or the cup song in any sense of the way. Yeah, where they do the little routine with the cup, and we do it to all different types of music. I love to do it to the Swedish fiasker music because it gets faster and faster. So and in the hall, the mountain king
0: is always a favorite. Exactly, then we
1: bring it back in. And then the nice thing is, then we can yeah we can sprinkle it in throughout the year. I do it in. December with Sleigh Ride and you know that kind of stuff but the point being that the point of the game and I make it very clear to the kids this is usually something we do on the first day of music is we are an ensemble. We are working together as an ensemble. Yeah. So the goal is to listen to the sound of the cups and make sure you're matching your neighbor. It's kind of a prerequisite to um, like r- group drumming in yeah. that way. Um, you know, we're listening to each other. We're matching the beat. Everybody has to pass their cup simultaneously so that the person next to you gets a cup too. Here's how to problem solve when things go wrong. So any of those types of games um, you know, that we call games in our world that aren't really games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we call them that to the students. But the point is that they're all things that are more about ensemble cooperation working together
0: and something I've liked about when I do the cup game Mm -hmm. um, or any variant of that is to start in a large group but then to make smaller groups so that they can work that out in their group yeah and also that gives an opportunity for kids who are good at leading that to be I mean as long as your groups are 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 good cohesive groups, you know. 100%. I have, I'm, I'm very intentional about when I do divide them up. Okay, instead of being one big group, we're going to be four smaller groups around the room, and you and your people are going to practice that. I make sure that I say, okay, this is good. You 12 are going to be, or Eight people are going to be a group. I make sure it's not all of the boys who are vying for top dog. Right. Right. I make sure it's not all of the girls who are going to, I don't know, you know, pick on each other or right. anything. Uh, so you have to balance that out. Right. In the moment, too. Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah. No, I do the exact same thing. So same.
0: we're talking about a lot of these things that we've done a lot of times. Yep. And Which leads us towards, do we stay with the tried and true of... You know repertoire, how we talk about procedures and routines, or do we mix it up a bit? Because honestly, I've been teaching a long time, Carrie.
1: Yeah, I'm getting a little sick of myself.
0: Um, you know, it's funny because it takes a while for me to figure it out because there were a couple years I had a I had a year of living in New York City, and I had like you know some time um, with babies. So So I believe this (laughs) is. About. No, it, it's, this is year 27 for me.
1: Okay. I'm 23 and that's always easy for me to remember because my first year was 2001. See, so that's So that is easy. whatever, and I'm not, I haven't taken a full year off. I've taken time off, you know, maternity leave time, but most, mo- both of my babies were born in spring. So I was able to do maternity leave and then summer. Yes. And that was a lovely thing. But um, anywho, I know it's 23 for me. So um, I agree. I do get sick of myself. But then there's also this comfort, especially this time of year where it's so busy, where it's like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm getting my room set up and I'm trying to figure everything out. And then it's like, oh, I have to write lesson plans for the first day of school. And then I go, but not really. I could literally, and I have, just copy and paste my lesson plans from day one of last year and there's nothing wrong with that because i know that they're good i i'm very very intentional with my first day lesson plans they were not thrown together they weren't just like the latest and greatest thing that i saw on instagram how cute these are things that i've cultivated over years that i just know work really well i tell you what past lesson three I do not ever cut and paste lesson plans from the year before. I use my concept plans. Mm -hmm. I use similar yearly plans. Oh, yeah. But the way that I'm putting things together, it will change immediately, if not sooner. But, like, day one, if I do the exact same thing I've done in the years past, I'm okay with that. Other than the fact of I am getting sick of certain things myself. But it's a good reminder that the kids aren't sick of it. No, but (laughs) I think
0: it's funny because I always – I mean – you know, I've been with me this whole time. And I think, yeah, oh, haven't we done that? I'm like, no. Right. These third graders haven't done it. Well,
1: and if you aren't jazzed about it, if you aren't excited, and it could show, you know. I mean, depending on how much you want to fake it. Like, if you really just are not feeling jump in, jump out, then don't do no, it. You no, know? I know. And that's totally fine. And it's not
0: even, like, full lessons. It's, um, like, repertoire. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm, I'm, I don't know, like uh, I wanted to say a tape recorder, but that's way old school. I'm just like, press the button, press the circle around the zero button on Tanya and watch her go. Because if you say circle around the zero, teach it now, I go and I do it this way and I scaffold it this way. And I'm kind of feeling like kind of robotic about it
1: yeah so you want to talk about some swaps you're already considering or do you have it nailed oh, down yet or are you still kind of planning? what around?
0: that's scary okay.
1: um <laughs> i'm putting you on the spot yeah you are because i have I, a couple of ideas you i have a couple first? of ideas um i mean you already mentioned jump in jump out are you ready to share your replacement for that yet well i know you of. were frantically trying to find it you have one in your head but you just don't have it well enough to like make sing for other people is that what it is
0: well you're going to ask me to put it in the show notes and I can't, I can't write it up at this point
1: because you just heard it this summer. Right. I mean That's the point is that you just heard it this summer. So Amy who
0: teaches level two has this really fun, adorable rock the boat. Don't tip it over. Rock the boat. Don't tip it over. Hey Carrie. Hey, what can you rock the boat? No way. Can you rock the boat? Okay. And, Anyway, um, there's more to it. That's it's just, cute. it's a cute little, you know, sing, easy to sing, but also um, there's some chanting at the end thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to put it in the show notes right now because yeah. I, I got to get it right. Yeah. So anyway, there's that. No,
1: and that reminds me of kind of one of my thoughts. So I've, I, I do not hate jump in, jump out yet. I've typically... <laughs> I've typically done it with third and fourth grade, which definitely becomes a Do we need
0: to go through jump in, jump out? We'll put
1: it in the show notes. It's one of those things, and I mean, I always say, everybody you, you should this. do it. Okay, fine. Go. Jump in, jump out, turn yourself about. I said jump in, jump out, introduce yourself. My name is Tanya. Yeah. And
0: I like coffee. Yeah. And I'm going to like it. Yeah. For the rest of my life.
1: For the rest of your life. And then you in, go around the circle. Out. We'll put Uh it in the show
0: notes. And then by the 20th time,
1: you're like, oh my. And I mean, there's so much benefit to it. It's a name game, obviously. You're trying to learn these kids' names. They're sharing something they like, so you have that lovely thing. But I was reminded over the summer, I mean, this is a song I know, I just haven't done it so long, the telephone song, right? Mm.
0: Hey Carrie,
1: I think I hear my name.
0: Hey Carrie,
1: I think I hear it again.
0: You're wanted on the telephone.
1: If it's not Tanya, then I'm not home. Oh, see, you've got some blues notes in there. Oh, yeah. No, that's good. It's great. So, I mean, you're not sharing something about you, but just that name game popping around back and forth. Do you
0: think they get that at the beginning of the year?
1: That is the problem. It has to be kids that know each other well. Yeah, it's so... not just the knowing
0: each other well, but there's, like, a lot of response that's exactly. not Exactly.
1: So, intuitive. I don't know. I, I'm mulling it over, but I just, I kind of, I know that song. I kind of forgot about that song. We did it in Seattle this summer at, like, one of our morning sing kind of times, and I was like, oh, I forgot how cute the song is. Yes. You know? Like, those... So I feel like it would be a good beginning of the year activity if your kids are ready. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking, like third grade. Yeah. I actually feel like could be ready. Hey,
0: and I've got one that I just remembered that I <laughs> did do at the beginning of last year, but I've only done it at the beginning of the year once. Yeah. Um, it's the who stole the cookies from the cookie oh, jar. Yeah. Carrie stole the cookies from the cookie jar. Who me? Yes, yes you. Kind of the, be. Then who?
1: Tanya stole the cookie. Yeah, that's cute. And then you could. Tie and to that's really great for first Give a mouse a cookie or any. Well, of those kind of I mean, things I've got too. a Who
0: Stole the Cookies book. That's really. Oh nice. well,
1: yeah, there is a book. That, yeah.
0: And yeah, you could go. You could go and mouse it up. If you give. <laughs> then
1: up. you do mouse mousing Oh my oh, goodness! My gosh, so many it's things. All going together. Okay, that's cute. You could um, make a program. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing I've been thinking about, I don't know why I've been thinking about grand right and left so much, but I. I oh my you know, gosh, and you're I gonna know.
0: start the year with a grand right and well, left?
1: I mean, maybe, like older kids. I mean, wow. just starting it right That's away. Big. Um, I was thinking about, like, the fun bingo song. Yes. There was a big dog. So the way you sing it is different than the way I know because I know it in, like, more of a 6-8. I know it from
0: the Martha Riley.
1: Yeah, and I remember doing it with Joe Kirk, and I swear it was more in 6-8, so I'll have to find it. But it's a really great song for introducing the grand right and left, yeah. because they go B-I-N-G-O. And I have and a fantastic
0: process. I know. And so... That I got from Susan Brumfield. Yes. On how to teach the grand right and grand left. And... It is. I want to say fail proof. Yeah. Because every time I've done it, it's gold.
1: I okay. I still failed last year, but I think it was because I just ran out of time, and they didn't get enough time to practice. Well, see, and and this
0: is my worry about starting the year with that: is that it's so it's so much time teaching exactly the grand right, grand left.
1: Right. No, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm saying this, but I wouldn't do it on the first date, definitely. But maybe, like, by day three, they might be ready for something like that. But, I don't know, I was, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about um, going down hunt K-Roll, goodbye, and a bye-bye. Um, another great song for the low-so, which mm-hmm. I know I'm going to be doing in fourth grade. So Are I we thought, seriously well, like going to drop
0: show notes for every single thing?
1: I mean, I feel like we have most of these things somewhere. Yeah, we should probably slow our, slow down a little bit. but. Um, <laughs> slow Roll. Slower roll. roll. Um, no, these are just songs that, again, it's like in the summer, especially teaching in levels, when I hear other people like name these songs, it's like, oh, I know these songs. I just haven't done them in a while for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, I was just thinking about those kind of songs that I just really love. Yeah. That's really what I'm starting with is, like, if I'm sick of something, what do I really love or what am I excited about that I could bring in? And maybe these aren't great Necessarily beginning of the year great examples, but just songs that I'm most excited to teach again.
0: Well, then maybe it should be things that you start with because if right. you're excited,
1: well, and it's a be mixer, excited. you know, the whole idea of the grand right and left is then it becomes like a mixer kind of an opportunity, too, mm-hmm. um, which is really great. for beginning Oh, of the
0: another year. favorite that I've done a lot is Ickle Blue Bottle. Oh, yeah, to start the year, mm-hmm. um, and then you could easily work into Ickle Blue Bottle when they find a brand new partner. You give them like a a minute to talk about what did you have for breakfast this morning, you know, that kind of
1: thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Is there any other specifics you want to mention, or just end it there and just say we? It's okay. I just, I just, I want to tell myself it's okay that I do almost the same thing every year, as long as it's stuff that you know is tried and true and works really well. Yes. And when you get sick of yourself or a song is problematic and you find out later, you know, of course you want to mix things up and change it. And you look for new stuff. Yes. But if you find yourself, especially at the beginning of the year, doing a lot of the same thing because you just know it works well, it's okay.
0: Right. And <laughs> I want to remember, which is funny because I'm older than you, that maybe it is time to mix it up and not
1: get. Yes, that too
0: stuck not stuck in a rut because you know it's a fine rut the kids haven't been there just me um that I need to uh, yeah, bring in not 100 percent fresh things but I can bring in a few things that are good to like add to my repertoire add to my um, toolbox of fantastic community-building, joyful music-making things.
1: So I think I know the answer to this question, Tanya. When you are feeling like you need fresh materials and you (laughs) want to mix it up, what's your go-to thing or place to go to get new ideas? Well, Carrie... I love some professional
0: development. Oh,
1: wow. I was thinking the same You thing. know,
0: I mean. No, I, these
1: Saturday workshops, whether it's an Orf workshop. People sometimes Kodai talk workshop. about how,
0: I don't know, where am I going to find these songs? Where, how do you know so many songs, Tanya? Where do you find all of them? Well, Binders I, of notes. I have <laughs> binders and binders. Just three. Huge binders. Yeah. Of notes. I have seen so many people. I feel like. It's my own private, like, rock star circuit.
1: Exactly.
0: I'm like, oh, man, I remember Christopher Roberts did this awesome thing back in the 1900s that (laughs) I want to revisit. No, I'm not trying to. But literally, yes. But no, literally, yes. Uh, (laughs) Or, hey, you know, I went to the Colorado Music Educators Association Conference last year. I didn't, but a couple years ago. And I remember... This one person, Rachel Gibson. Wow, she did a fantastic workshop. Mm -hmm. I loved this song. Let's go and look that up. Um, So... Just professional a reminder, development yeah sometimes
1: saturday workshops you're just tired i get it there are times where i have chosen not to go for a variety of reasons but if you can get yourself there it is 100 worth it because you walk away with all of these activities and you learn that person yes. tried and true stuff and you,
0: so you learn more by good. doing yes so watching somebody no matter how fantastic they are watching a video of somebody doing it online is a different experience than being in the room and doing the song the game the chant the whatever it is yourself or Reading
1: a blog or even listening to a podcast or
0: seeing an instagram story yeah yeah Yeah.
1: all right on that note (laughs) have a great back to school everybody yes So now we are bringing back our segment we lovingly call "No Better, Do Better, based on the beautiful Maya Angelou quote. This is a reminder that, like we said about past episodes, we all are learning and growing and looking for ways to know better and do better in our classrooms in so many ways. So Tanya's going to give us a I Wow, you,
0: you stole my thunder. I was going to remind everybody what know better, do better is. Oh,
1: no, please do. Go. No,
0: you did it perfectly. Oh, okay. Well, yes. I didn't read the
1: full quote because I don't have it in the back
0: of my I don't head. have the full quote, but no. when you know better, <laughs> you do better. Yeah. So um, one of my favorite go-tos that we have definitely mentioned before, but since it's the beginning of the school year, uh, this is always – a wonderful reminder about the site decolonizing the music room they also have a facebook group Um, if you join the facebook group you do have to make sure that you are following the norms on there and there is a period of time in the facebook group that um it's not an easy entry uh, but Totally worth it. Yeah. But also, there is a Decolonizing the Music Room webpage with lots of resources, mm. lots of articles about some specific songs, um, about just some uh, culturally appropriate ways of teaching music. I just love that we have a place that's geared towards music education specifically from folks who really know this really well. Um, one of those folks who started this page is Brandy Waller-Pace. And if you have the opportunity to see Brandi Waller-Pace do a workshop, um, you should take it. I've only seen her present online, but it's always fantastic. Mm-hmm. I always get so much out of it. She is coming to Colorado, if you live in Colorado, for the Rocky Mountain chapter of the American Orff Shore Work Association. Um, and she is presenting a workshop called Culturally Responsive Approach to Black Music, And that's on Saturday, January 13th in 2024. And I am definitely going to be there to see Brandy, but if she's coming to your state, um, you should go and see her. So this is just a reminder that that's a wonderful resource that we have. I'm very thankful for it. Um, If you are able to support them by becoming a member, um, that's a great idea as well. And now it's time for a work smarter, not harder teacher tip from Carrie.
1: Yeah, so this is not just a tip to work smarter, not harder, but also just to, I believe, be a more effective teacher for your students. And it has to do with classroom decor. What's
0: your theme this year,
1: Carrie? My theme is, ready for it? Yeah music me too I know we've talked about this pretty (laughs) much every year so you know I know I know I get it some of you just love your themes and your decorations and I don't want to yuck your yum but I also just want to remind you the question of who is it for we ask this a lot on this podcast who is it for Um, if it is more for you than your students you might be overwhelming your students and giving them too many visuals and overstimulating their sweet little brains so i want to reference this specific article and perhaps we've referenced it before it is called the do's and don'ts of classroom decorations it is from an edutopia article back in 2018 but guess what it's still so incredibly and there's research
0: attached
1: yes there's all this research attached and it really just is about not overwhelming your students to make sure that the things that you are putting up are engaging, not distracting, that they're purposeful. And I specifically want to say that one of the guidelines that they have in here is at least 20% of your wall, but really 20 to 50% of your wall should be kept clear. That not every single wall needs to be covered with rainbow posters and, and beautiful thematic things. But what about and- my cricket? and tassels and pom-poms and all that stuff because again who is it for and some of your students it might be extremely overwhelming for you I am a big fan of starting the year off with blank walls and blank bulletin boards that then become filled with student work throughout the year
0: that's another thing in here is is student work displayed student work is more meaningful
1: yeah so if you find yourself it's back to school time and you're stressing out that you don't think your bulletin boards are going to be perfectly beautiful before your students walk in maybe just have a blank bulletin board I still will have like the background paper and a simple border up that's fine but I'm not going to put up a bunch of like inspirational quotes and posters just because I feel like I need to fill the space now if you have a bigger reason for that if that's part of an SEL lesson or if it's an expectation in your school that's a totally different thing but if you're doing it just because either you've been looking too much on Instagram and you feel like you have to or because you just think it looks cute I just want you to stop and remember who is it for and if it saves you time and energy especially take a step back and maybe not do as much as you originally thought you were going to do
0: Yes, this is easy for me to follow this because I'm not awesome at those things. Um, I I admire it. I love it. I think it's so awesome and cute to see like not not overwhelming decor. but, um, yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. Well, there's a picture. When it's meaningful,
1: yeah. There's a picture in this article, and the caption says, Classrooms should look lively but not chaotic. And I think that's a beautiful way to to do it. Um, I did last year, when it was my first year in my school, a little classroom tour where I just, like, walked around with my phone and kind of showed everybody. Guess what? My classroom looks awfully the same this year. So um, I'll relink to that if you really want to see what my classroom looks like. Um, We'll share some pictures, you know, on the Insta of our classroom. Can I say
0: a word? About themes?
1: Yeah, go ahead.
0: Okay, well, and I understand it's really nice when you have a cohesive, unified look because you have a theme of whatever it is. However, something that I think about and worry about, and I've actually experienced from my students, my own children's point of view, is that sometimes when it's a very specific theme, you could be alienating some of your students. So let's say your theme is football. Right, like oh, it's I'm gonna have football for this part of the year, and then I'm gonna change over. Well, you might have students who don't value football, right? For example,
1: right, and they don't feel included. Don't value
0: Star Wars, or don't value Disney, or don't value, you know, or might feel like oh no, you know, my teacher's really into, I don't know, I can't think of another thing. Well, Harry Potter. Oh, Harry Potter. Well, and Harry Potter. Well, that's a whole other thing. Um, speaking as a mom of of a non-binary kid, uh, yeah, Harry Potter is not, not really welcome right now in our right. world, um, and if my kid walked into a classroom where it was all Harry Potter, they'd have some feelings about that. Right. So, right. anyway.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's important to remember. I mean, cohesive color scheme, I think, is a lovely thing, or like, you know... I use David Rowe's word wall set that just has like a beautiful cohesive like design to it. I'm not talking about that, but if your theme is like something like kitschy and specific. Very
0: specific. Um, yeah.
1: I think that I don't yeah. think
0: that we have any like anti forest or anti color no
1: no and yeah I mean if your theme is like let's go camping okay fine but I've seen like pictures of classrooms where like it is such an explosion of let's go camping where people are setting up actual tents in their classroom and there's fake trees and vines and forest animals and so much stuff and then it's like not a music teacher specifically this was just like a classroom example that I once saw that I was like oh my gosh I don't consider myself to be somebody who's easily Overwhelmed by things, but I was overwhelmed by that, you know. So, um, you know, again, take it with a grain of salt, but don't be offended. But I will link this article in the show notes. You can't I tell
0: think... people not to be offended.
1: No, you no. can be offended if you want. Right. Um, I will link the article in the show <laughs> notes if you haven't already set up your classroom. It's it's worth reading and a good reminder of not only how to save yourself time and sanity, but what's best for kids. Yep. Okay. <laughs> So now it's time for our CODA section where we each recommend something that we are enjoying for in or out of the classroom. Maybe it's going to be out because we're not quite all the way in the classroom yet, but I don't know. Tanya, what are you enjoying?
0: Oh gosh, I just lost it. Um, I am enjoying something that my uh, 18-year-old son, who just turned 18, it's crazy, uh, recommended and actually has been um, putting us through. Um, that's really fun. It's an app, and I'm losing the name. Oh, I should have had it dialed up. Anyway, it's an app where you um, can, it, its it asks you questions. You have to think of a, a character. Um, it could be a real person. It could be a character from a movie, a book, a TV show, and it asks you questions and says it can get and guess your character in under 30 questions. Okay. And it's pretty scary how remarkable. So it's like it is. the game
1: 20 questions. It's
0: kind of like that. Okay. Right. But it's really good. Ah. Oh. Um because it does it very quickly like within eight questions. Oh. The very first thing I thought of. Um it was able to guess. So my my son's been, you know, we've been doing it kind of like a as a party game. Cool. around our house and I have lost the name of it and then I will tell you the name of it. Oh, my. Hold on.
1: You got a lot of apps on your phone there, Tanya. I know. <laughs> you so, need some folder so organization. So what?
0: Not... What you can do about it? Um. Oh, Akinator. A-K-I-N-A-T-O-R. Akinator. And, yeah, you hit the button that says challenge me. And you think of somebody, and then it starts asking you questions. It's really funny because a lot of the first questions are like, is your character the brother of a youtuber and you're like
1: what oh yeah so yes. they know their audience
0: yeah it's true yeah. Um, and there is a uh, like a, a control on there that you can do only appropriate people so you know okay if you're thinking of a porn star why okay. would you i don't okay. know it it won't um, reveal that got it
1: anyway all
0: right it's it's just fun it's some some lighthearted fun for family time oh, good. okay okay icanator there you go cute and you
1: okay you're gonna laugh Tanya okay I am really obsessed and I hate it when like you know people on the insta and all that stuff say that i'm really obsessed but i am really obsessed uh, for reals with my new glasses oh my goodness <laughs> tanya's sick of me talking no about no it. it's it's adorable okay so but they're not paying you Karen. no i know but, but here, here, com- here comes the scheme because you know how these things work so okay let me back up and say i'm a, i've always been a context wearer and like glasses at night kind of person but my room the HVAC system it literally blows air all the time, constantly. That's how this thing works. In the winter, it blows hot air. In the summer, it blow... in warmer months, it b- blows cool air. But it dries my eyes out to no end, and I just need and to And we already wear... live in
0: Colorado, so it's yeah, very dry. Yeah, and it's dry. already
1: dry. So anyways, I decided to embrace wearing glasses more, and I've given Pear a try. And if you haven't heard because of Pear, are... Instagram I ads. know, they sucked me in. and I... I mean, I really did look at this for like a year before I finally pulled the trigger. So Pear are glasses. You order them online. You have to upload your current prescription so you do need a prescription from your eye doctor the base frames if you don't have to get progressive lenses are only 65 dollars, so they're very reasonable if you just have single vision which is what i got but what makes pear so fun is they have these little magnetic toppers that you stick on top of your glasses Should we do a little instagram video of no, you no i your don't toppers? need to do that you will find if you look up no, they're pear, very cute pear is in p-a-i-r not the the fruit, but although their logo is a fruit, so you get all these fun toppers, and they have all these different themes and color schemes. I, I really
0: like your funky turquoise orange. Right now, green. I've got
1: like mm-hmm. my true to you tort topper on, but then they also have sunglasses toppers. Oh, so that's then, good. boom, you end up having you know prescription sunglasses because you put and do the you sunglasses do you want like toppers. five
0: more pairs?
1: I want so many pair. I want so many toppers. And now they're about to release their back-to-school collection. Oh, no. And they've already done a sneak peek, and there's music fans. I was going to
0: say, is there piano there keys? Are,
1: it's not piano. It's like music notes, but I know. You are they know, backwards
0: music not notes? They're not
1: awful. They don't look awful
0: if they're backwards, we don't do nope, that. Nope, they
1: look like real legit music. Okay. But they have, like, art teacher frames, PE teacher frames, just general books. They have one that looks like a composition notebook, like that speckly black Cute. and white thing. You know, so they have themes like that or just fun colors. Anyways, oh my gosh, I'm so addicted. So, hey, guess what? If you're thinking of getting Pear <laughs> oh, no. and you want to, I have a referral code oh, that my. you can use. And I'm not going to say it on this podcast. Enough. I'm not even going to link to it. If you really want it, send me a message and I'll send you my referral How? link. Will they send you a message, Carrie? Through Instagram or Facebook. Okay. Or they can email us. They can email us at Music Teacher Coffee Talk Podcast at no, mu- what's our Gmail? <laughs> it's just music teacher coffee talk at gmail.com yeah, right? yeah okay sorry um we're not great at checking it but i i don't want to be obnoxious about this but i'm just saying there's a referral link and if you use it and actually get glasses then i get 25 dollars back and you get 25 dollars off which is not bad Ta-da. on your first order. Yeah. Okay, so plug over. I know they're not paying me in any way, but, but you know what? They I truly, will be
0: if people take you to your. Turn.
1: And I'm I really truly love these glasses. They're very comfortable, and the pairs toppers are super cute. They are super cute. Um, so I'm just saying, if you're one of those people that has stared at their ads on the Insta and you're like, "That looks cute," but does that actually work? Um, I'm a real life person saying I really like my pair of glasses. That's all. <laughs> very nice
0: we've reached the double bar line thank you for listening to music teacher coffee talk show notes can be found at music teacher coffee talk you can connect with us on facebook and instagram just look for music teacher coffee talk
1: if you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. And we always appreciate folks buying us a coffee, so look for that link on our show notes and on our Facebook page. In our next episode, we'll be talking about some hot, hot topics! Hot topics <laughs> as suggested from our Kodai Levels program students throughout our course, we ask students to ask hot topic questions that may or may not be related to Kodai-inspired teaching, and then we hit those topics fix up while we teach and we thought let's talk about it on the podcast oh too. yes so until next time this is carrie and this is tanya wishing you happy musicing.